What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Daniel James II, and I'm your host right here on Black Voices on the Hill. Black Voices on the Hill is a podcast and radio show for the culture. We center Black lives, we amplify Black stories, and enhance the Black experience at Cornell, Greater Ithaca, and beyond. Black Voices on the Hill topics range from racism, police brutality, colorism, sexism, to Greek life, leadership, and white elitism in the Ivy League. Black Voice on the Hill envisions a Cornell that is sensitive to the plight of its Black students, aware of the Black excellence in this college town, and unashamed about them changing the world. Black Voice on the Hill is brought to you by WVBR News, y'all. Listen, we have today uh, in the studio, y'all, it's 2021. Uh, it's, it's 2021. Listen, I'm super excited about this guest. Um, and she just is doing great things at Cornell. She's shaking it up on campus. Um, so the first new guest of this year, I have Miss Leone Farhu Hassan. Is that how you put it? Mark, is that? See, I should have asked you before I did this. So Far- no, it wasn't that attempt. See, it wasn't even it wasn't even as complicated as I tried to make it. Far- <laughs> okay, cool. Y'all have Leone with me today, okay? Um, Leone, say hello to people to her. Hello, people. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you, Daniel, for having me. Absolutely. We're so happy to have you. Uh, Listen, a lot has been going on. Uh, We've been living during COVID-19 insurrection of 2020, 2021, excuse me. Uh, We've had, we just had a lot going on. Um, Just everything. And I want, and it's funny to have you on the show at the intersection of this because um, I think definitely we need voices now. You know, sometimes people are like, what is what is the need for a platform like this? And I think that um, having you on my show today, we're gonna, we're gonna uh, have some conversation about why platforms like this are very important because you have your own platform. But I want to first talk about Leone. I wanna talk about you as the person. If you were applying to be a Rhodes Scholar, okay? And they said, okay. which you very well could be because you're an athlete and an academic scholar. But uh, who would you say you are, Leon? Okay. Um, well, I would say that I'm a Renaissance soul. Um, I am like multifaceted, so I like to do many different things. Um, some people say that I'm a jack of all trades, which may be bad, but I've learned to like it in that. I pursue a lot of different things. Um, so that can be arts. I do the sciences in school. That's my major. Um, but as you said, I'm an athlete. So it just depends on like what the breeze, the breeze is blowing towards me, <laughs> to be honest. Um, as long as I'm passionate about something, I like doing it. So, yeah. Leonie said, she said a, a Renaissance woman. And that, that would be such a great, uh, way to describe and epitomize her, you know. Um, she really just vacillates between, well, between many different, you know, facets of, of, of Cornell life, student athlete. Okay. Uh, and we're going to get to that. She, she leads, you know, orgs um, centered on identity affinity groups. Um, she's a content creator. Uh, let's, but first, let's also talk about just how you as a person have weathered uh, this past, you know, semester. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about it at the, at the beginning and I sort of prefaced it with, with talking about that, but what did you, where were you sort of last semester? Uh, were you on campus? Were you back home? I'm at home, South Carolina. So 
I don't know how it's been if you were on campus, that type of thing. So tell me. Yeah, so I was on campus um, for the whole entire semester. I left campus on December, I think, 20th. So I was there from the beginning in August all the way through. So I did all the surveillance testing twice a week. My nose was hurting. I was just upset with it. But um, it was necessary, though, because, you know, everything with COVID, you have to be careful. Um, so, yeah, I was doing online classes completely, though. Um, but I was there because for training purposes um, to be with the team and everything like that. Um, so yeah, I was there doing online classes just like you, but just in Ithaca. Yeah, and now I'll, I'll be coming back in a week and a week and a half. Oh, really? You're going back? Going back, yeah. Okay. Are you excited for that? I, I am. Uh, I'm very excited. I mean, it'll sort of be just moving my quarantine location, I feel like, from one place mm -hmm. to another. Um, I generally feel like it's safe. Um, I know it's safer than South Carolina um, because it is just, it's a mess here in terms of rates and things yeah. like that. So yeah, um, we've had the holidays. Uh, tell me, we had the holidays. I don't know if you celebrated or if you do gift giving and that type of thing with your family, but tell me something that you, that you got during the holidays that you really liked or you did that was exciting. Um, so yeah, so I do celebrate Christmas. Um, uh, and I do celebrate New Year's-ish. I mean, we do a lot of cooking um, or I assist with a lot of cooking <laughs> as my mom's in the kitchen, you know, some curry chicken, some oxtail, you know, you know, you know. Uh, so that was very good. I, I love Christmas. It's my favorite holiday, especially because of food. Um, but one thing that I got that I really liked um, was actually a gift from a friend back at school before I came back home. And she gave me this book. Um, it's called Fill Your Cup. It's kind of like a a reading self-help book, but also somewhere in it, you'd like kind of write down goals. And like, it's kind of like a workbook, essentially. Um, and it was a really thoughtful gift because my mantra, so to speak, is fill your cup. Um, and so it really meant a lot to me because uh, it's something that I try to live by, but you know, it can be hard to, stick to what you want to do, especially when it comes to self-help and self-care during this time. So I really appreciated it before the new year to just kind of think of what I want to do um, and just be very intentional into the new year. So that was my favorite gift. No, uh, that's such a good response too. Y'all can hear the, the Jamaican in her. In her. <laughs> you can hear it. Um, so I know y'all had some good food, but you know, I, um, my estranged grandfather, um, I've never met him, my dad's dad, he's, uh, he's Jamaican. And I've really? always, so, so that's part of me, but I don't really know anything about that, right? I'm from South Carolina, so we eat soul food, we eat that mm -hmm. type of food. But, uh, you know, I, I know that y'all love some oxtails, and I know y'all, mm -hmm. things. So um, good. I don't, that's, that's not part of our cuisine. Yeah. Look, it should be. Cause it looks, it looks pretty good, so. I have to put you on. You gotta put me on, okay. Well, can you cook, Leonie? I can. You can cook I a can. little? Okay. Yeah, I did, I do a lot of, or we did a lot of cooking before um, COVID for like CSA. So if you ever see any flyers in the future, come through, I'm probably cooking. Okay, well, um, I'm glad you can cook because 
some of us are not as, you know, it's a life skill, so I should be able to, but I don't. So uh, let's, let's, let's talk about, you know, something a little bit more, I guess, somber. Um, recently, um, well, it began the day last, uh, I don't know if it was Wednesday. It was Wednesday or Thursday. No, it was Wednesday. Um, I think it began on a more, you know, happier or lighter note, quote unquote, um, with the election, um, of course, the confirmation of the elections um, mm -hmm. of both John Ossoff and um, Raphael Warnock there in Georgia. Um, they, of course, became, Raphael Warnock became the first Black. Uh, John Ossoff became the first um, Jewish American senator for the state mm -hmm. of uh, Georgia. Um, and then it sort of uh, tailed off into something that is unprecedented in American history. Um, quite frankly, domestic terrorism um, by a group of white conservatives, pro-Trump supporters. Uh, talk about your first, I wanna know your first reactions when you see this breaking news, you're like, what is, what's going on? What was your first reaction? Honestly, I just like, cause I didn't see it on the news. I actually like somebody texted me a picture of what was happening. Um, and I just kind of looked up and just like laughed because I in like shock because it's just like with everything that happened last year, if it was to happen in 2020, it would have just been like the cherry on top. It was just so on trend and on brand for the year. And it was just unbelievable to be honest, because um, it, just with comparing to everything that happened in, in the year re regarding Black Lives Matter protests and everything like that, it was just astonishing that they were able to successfully enter Capitol Hill. And I, I was just shocked. <laughs> I, I just was shocked. I couldn't believe that. Um, but at the same time, kind of not surprised that they were able to do that. Nah, it's, it's always like that dual feeling, I guess, of, of surprise, but not surprise. It's like, yeah. you know, you have that that hope that humanity is farther along than it actually is. Mm -hmm. I don't know why we ever had um, hope for this group of people. They've proven, um, yeah. you know, domestic terrorism from, not from 2019, 2018, you know, we're talking about from 1619 from the moment that, that Black people landed. Yeah country um, and they've proven that throughout the generation, even prior to that, if we're talking about um, Native Americans, Native folks, um, Indigenous folks. So it's always been a part of our relationship with um, white domestic terrorism and just that superstructure. But we would think, right, in hundreds of years, um, in quote unquote 2020, this new, 2021, mm -hmm. this new millennia that we will be farther along. Um, that's a lot of the reason this platform was sort of created was in response to that. And so let's just add, so we're talking about police genocide and police, well, let's just add, you know, <laughs> white domestic terrorism to that as well, um, because mm -hmm. we fight against that as well, you know? For sure. Absolutely. Um, and of course, just so people know, this is the first time this has happened to the Capitol building in over 200 years. Um, and I feel like to the line just keeps moving in terms of, um, what else we have to teach in terms of in the history book or, or even the threshold we have to lock, um, draw. Mm -hmm. You know, one time it was like, Trump supporter, listen, I'm following. But now yeah. it's like, okay, Whew. 
if you are, you know, we got to move along even further. If you were even like uh, complicit or okay with this presidency, okay with this administration, it's probably because you're coming from a place of privilege. So um, that's always interesting. But on a lighter note, so we 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 are getting um, Biden and Kamala Harris as um, MVP. So so I want you to talk about you know because she's Jamaican, you know. Uh, I want you to talk a little bit about. Uh, how you love her as uh, if you love her as a Jamaican as a Jamaican sister um, as a black mm -hmm. woman you know she's first black woman first woman first Asian American I mean she just she said I'm breaking down all the barriers in one uh, but, but I must say our country and and silos of our black community did go from sort of having this love hate relationship with her you know you see people call her the cops you know and mm -hmm. challenge her on criminal justice history which is which is Okay, right, it's valid. Um, but now we've sort of gone to, you know, we see her cover Vogue, we see her you know, just moving differently. What's your take on her? Uh, how does it feel to have a, you know, first Jamaican, the first black woman to be Jamaican? Uh, mm -hmm. in how does that feel? Yeah, um, well, I say all power to her. Um, I definitely think the representation that she provides um, is amazing for not just me as a Caribbean woman, but just as um, any minority that's out there. Um, I think that's amazing that she is able to be at that position. Um, personally, I, I'm not, I'm neither here or there for her in terms of like politically, um, but I think that she provides a platform for, persons to aspire, I think. Um, and I think that's maybe one of the most important things about the position that she's in. Um, beyond the, polit the politics, beyond um, everything that has happened, I think the best thing that has come out of it is that. Uh, because uh, as you're saying, she has bolstered past all the barriers in a sense that you'd expect. She's a woman, she's black, um, and she's Jamaica, which we love. Um, although she doesn't claim it, or she hasn't claimed it publicly in a sense, but I love that. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, I, I I love that she um, is where she is, and I I really hope that it transpires at least in U.S. politics um, a trend from here on for for Black women or minority women to be in such positions of power. I'm very hopeful for that. Uh, Kamala, you heard Leonie say, "Stop, stand with your, uh, with your Jamaican." Listen, if she if she's at home eating curry chicken, like says, let us know. <laughs> she did, a, she did know. A, a cooking tutorial. Yeah, I did see that. I did see that. Hmm. What was it she cooked? I forgot. Um, I forgot too. Ah, but I do remember that. She probably is, you know, she's putting her, her husband onto it and everybody, everybody in her family. I hope so. I hope so too. Uh, so listen, speaking of just being Caribbean American and being Jamaican, um, there's a new category in the, um, in the uh, Cornell Daily Sun. It's called the BIPOC slash related category, right? And uh, Black Boys on the Hill was of course the second story they wrote about. <laughs> uh, but the first story 
was about this girl who founded and helped found and now leads um, the Caribbean Student Association at Cornell. Uh, that was how I really came to know who Leonie was. As yeah. me, uh, one of my friends said, uh, when I asked, you know, who would y'all like to see? And they were like, you gotta get her on. She's doing great stuff. Uh, so uh, I think it was Rachel. I think Rachel did. Um, so yeah, shout out to Rachel. Shout out to Rachel, um, if she's listening. So yeah, it was the first story. Tell me, why is it 2020 and we just getting Caribbean students associated? I did, that's wild to me. So tell me about how you yeah. found that and uh, just a little bit about that. Yeah, for sure. So basically the Caribbean Students Association that we founded, um, I founded along with like four other Caribbean students wasn't the original. So there was one before me um, and my, uh, my friends, but uh, it, it, it just disappeared off the face of Cornell. Um, and when I came in as a freshman, I was, I was just so sad because um, I looked forward to it. Like I went on Google, I went on Facebook, and I'm just like, where's the Caribbean community before I come here? Cause I'm not trying to be alone on this hill. Um, so basically I didn't see one when I came here. And so basically I went into um, group chats and I asked like, is anybody interested in doing a Caribbean Students Association? Um, is there one, what's happening? And I was connected with Aurora, who's our current president. And we basically just um, connected along with my um, past high school mate, who's also at Cornell, Elijah. Um, and we just started planning basically. And it came about in February, 2019. Um, which is crazy to think about because I feel like I just got here um, and did that. But yeah, so basically we just wanted to create a community for the Caribbean students. We wanted to create a voice. Um, we wanted to teach and just embrace the culture since it's such a small group. Um, although one thing that we're trying to push for is to actually like get the numbers because as you said, you said you have a grandfather that you you know is of Caribbean descent, but you don't really know about the culture. And there's a lot of people like you on the campus and in America in general, because just the migration that happened in the past hundred years of like Caribbean people has brought or people to the United States and North America in general. Um, so one of the things that we really want to do is to bring awareness, self-awareness, because it's a part of people's identity and they may not know. Um, so yeah, that's that's basically how it was founded. That's some of the things we're doing. And as for that Cornell Sun, um, the news, the newspaper, we were we were excited to do that um, because we were pushing demands this semester that really is important to us and we know other other Caribbean students um, to just kind of get Cornell to recognize our community. Um, and it's it's honestly kind of the same fight that I found other student groups doing on campus. So that's that's basically what we're up to. Yeah, because I know you got we have Nigerian Students Association. We have you know so many different um, different countries and different ethnicities are represented. So among the diaspora, I love that. Uh, but it's just 
yeah, so we needed that uh, all day. And I didn't realize how much I needed it until I found out about my my heritage and that type of thing too. Um, typically, you know, I just tell people I have DOS heritage. Uh, I'm from South Carolina. Um, I know my, my family has been in this country probably since this country was founded, just because, you know, of the slave trade and a lot of things, right? Yeah. So that's an important history to know too, um, which a lot of those countries also were colonized the Caribbean was heavily colonized as was Jamaica. Uh, so that's sort of, they were all sort of in that family together, you know, big colonized. So uh, let's talk about you as an athlete now, Ms. Rose Scholar. Uh, yeah, <laughs> speaking of that, um, you just tell us what you do sports wise and then we'll get to more specifics. Sure, so I am a jumper. I do long jump and triple jump. And then I also dabble in the short sprints. Um, so that's what I do. I've been doing the jumps um, for maybe like six years now and sprints maybe like all my life. Um, but I stopped and then I started back when I came to Cornell. Nah, cause exactly. And I wanted to, and I did um, tracking. I did a cross country in high school. Yeah, I'll have these. Yeah. Nothing like this. So um, I was long distance, yeah, for track events. But mm. y'all, some of these stats are, are, are crazy. You know, as a freshman, uh, Leonie, she recorded 16 top five finishes, including four finishes. Uh, she competed in the indoor Ivy League Heps championships in the triple jump and the long jump. Notched two wins in the triple jump and the long jump at the Titan Team Challenge um, before Cornell. She had a, a personal best of a 40 to four. I don't even know how to, how to say this, but 40 to four and a half in the triple jump. Um, final season ended with victory in the triple jump at the Crypto game. I mean, she just, she's just, it's wild. And so, and then you, you can imagine her, um, her, her, sorry, sophomore record, her Kane Invitational triple jump is the seventh best indoor jump in the Cornell uh, program history. That's that's unprecedented. What what made you realize that this was sort of a gift, for lack of a better term, or a talent was, you know, being a long jumper? Um, when did you realize that? Who told you? What coach told you? Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So actually, in high school, in I think it was the tenth grade, I had gotten an ankle injury. And, um, and that was from the sprints. And I did, I went to like physiotherapy for it. And the, the physiotherapist, he made me like do a one foot hop. And I did it and he was just like, you need to jump. Like there's so many sprinters in Jamaica. There, I mean, you could make it maybe, but given your ability, just, just do the jumps and see where it goes. Um, and that's basically the year after that, that's when I started um, in grade 10. And it just went well. I did triple jump, um, I did long jump, and triple jump, I would say, is the more challenging of the two. Uh, but if you are good at it, then you probably have more success in it just because not a lot of people do it. And I just kept on doing it, and it brought me here to Cornell. Um, so yeah, it's, it, I, didn't, I didn't really like, decide to do it per se it just kind of happened and then I just kept on doing it um and it worked so love to see that 
it worked. Y'all see how just easy this is for her. <laughs> can't be that good at athletics. And I, I just wanted to be good so bad. Uh, and yeah, but it is what it is um, today. I'm, we're, we're okay today. Uh, so <laughs> let's talk about two. Uh, okay, so now off, off of the, you know, the, the track and field environment and out of that sort of thing. She comes to her room at the end of the night. And she's like, I'm a content creator too. She was a YouTube. <laughs> so <laughs> how do you balance all of this, number one? But then also, uh, what is your, uh, your recent uh, YouTube channel? Was, it was recently rebooted. You sort of did like a 2021 reboot. Uh, you had this theme of overcoming. I want you to talk about this reboot and what the purpose of your, of your channel is. Yeah, so... Um, the purpose of my channel initially was basically to record my experience uh, in high school in Jamaica. I didn't see a lot of people doing that. So I wanted to kind of do that and show um, or experience. But then as I journeyed into university, I wanted to show um, my growth and just the whole actual process of, you know, being an athlete and everything, just like the recruitment process and other things like that. I feel like a lot of people in Jamaica want to come to the U.S. to do track and field slash sports. Um, so I just wanted to show that side as well. And then I think Jamaica is a beautiful country. So I, I showed like the nature and that thing. Um, but as I left and I came to Cornell, I kind of, I guess, didn't really have the ability to show that anymore. And I kind of had to rebrand. Um, so I was showing like my life as an athlete kind of thing. I'm just vlogging. Um, but the 2021 reboot, as you said, is kind of, was birthed out of 2020 and just the difficulties of the year. Um, I feel like I kind of just was on social media scrolling, found myself scrolling a lot and seeing people um, just basically say that they are fed up, they, they're hurting, um, they just have a lot that they need to get off their chest. And I feel like social media has been a platform for that all of 2020. And so I just really wanted to be able to showcase that and maybe inspire persons to not feel so discouraged by 2020. It was rough. Um, and I chose Black women specifically for the series that I'm doing because I feel like it's just not a common thing to see black women sit down and talk about certain things and to be vulnerable um, and to discuss tough topics. Um, so that's really what I wanted to do. I feel like it was just a therapy. It was just a therapy session that needs to happen um, and conversations that I think are important. Very much so, very much so. You had uh, some heavy hitters on there, namely uh, we had Latoya where she's been on this before. That's <laughs> my yes. friend at Cornell. Oh, and then you had Annalie and Nanye. Annalie, mm -hmm. those were two from Cornell, and then you had three other people from different universities with friends as well. Um, you can say their names if you want to. What, what were you? Yeah, there's Chelsea Wright and Shantae Shan. Yes, uh, just amazing. So uh, this was a, a, a great way to reboot. You talked about redefining success. You talked about the pressures of social media, you talk about Zoom University, uh, just so many good things. And I think uh, Latoya, when she was on this podcast earlier, she, um, she, she quoted Audre Lorde 
um, talking about how, um, and one of the quotes that she said, God, I'm going, I'm going to get it wrong. But she said, uh, Black women, your, um, it was either your freedom or something along is, is revolutionary, um, something along those lines. Um, just saying how um, in terms of Black women having so much to, so like you said, be therapy for so uh, so many other people and so they can't really do it for themselves and and I think that, that having those um, those avenues for black women is so important would you agree no for sure I feel like I I definitely have felt that and last year I saw lots of black women complain um, and rightfully so about having to be the strength behind for example black lives matter um, behind pro for time protests, behind organizations, just really stepping up to the plate um, to fight for what's right. And as a result, exactly as you said, there, there was a need for Black women to kind of release and ventilate because there's just so much that is on their plate um, in society. So that's, that's kind of where I was going uh, for this series. And I think it's something that Black women, as myself, I feel like I need to just learn how to properly just relax and actually also ask for help and just all that. Um, and I feel like it's just a practice that I have to actively try and do every day. Absolutely. And and just to get the quote right, she said, uh, Audre Lorde says, Black women, your acts of self-care, your acts of self-preservation are not revolutionary, y'all. It's political. They are political. And I think that that's really important. Um, I wanted to get that quote right uh, because I, I, I want that to sort of resonate with some people today. Uh, so, Leonie, aside from all of this, because uh, at this point now I'm lost. All right, what's she, what's she doing? What are we doing? We, she's going to be like a, a track star. She's going to be an Olympian. She's going to be, you know, YouTube, she's going to have YouTube awards. You're on the pre-med track still are you? i am okay i am on the pre-med track your major and with all these other talents you have you still are passionate about medicine so tell, tell us how you have this bandwidth because i don't have that type of bandwidth, you know <laughs> singularly focused so yeah no yeah um so yes i'm still pre-med my major is biology and society and i minor in inequality studies on the health equity track um and so that's a good question um, about my passion for medicine slash medical fields. Uh, I have grappled with that, especially as I have pursued many different things. I won't lie to you. Um, but I still feel like uh, the representation for Black people, Black women, Caribbean people is necessary in medicine um, and in the health field. So. That's what still drives my passion for it. Um, and I, I'm, not, I'm not sure what I would specialize in, but um, I have been thinking about like orthopedic surgery simply because as an athlete, I've like gone through many different injuries, even last semester. And people just don't know what to tell me. And I'm tired of it. <laughs> like, just tell me what's wrong with me. You know, so I feel like there's still a lot of work to do, even though it may be a, oversaturated um, feel, to, so to speak. Many people may say, I feel like there's always a place for you depending on what you want to do um, in the field. And for me, it goes beyond just becoming a doctor 
Um, it would be as I as I have done at Cornell, like different social organizations, that sort of thing. I I feel like there's a place for that in the medical field. There's a place for conversations beyond the science. So that's what keeps me going. She's so thorough too. Like you, you could just hear the passion just oozing out of her. So it's, it's, it's hard, you know, to imagine. I mean, you are just, it's not hard. You are just, are going places, obviously, Leonie. And we just gonna sit back and, and watch and, and be along for the ride. Um, you're very versatile. And this is what I love about all the black women I know um, and that are in my life. They're very passionate about many things and you have to be because it's, uh, you gotta have a platform to speak. You gotta have this platform to, you know, to experience creatively and be all these things to all these different people. And um, and yeah, so we're gonna make sure that, that yeah, she gets out there y'all. So this is Leone y'all. Uh, tell us how we can sort of stay in touch with you and tell us about your platforms. Um, in terms of you know what what type of things they can expect from you in the future, uh, that type of thing. We only tell us. Sure, yeah. So you can connect with me on Instagram um, at Leone Park. Uh, that's where I basically post anything that I'm doing. Um, you can connect with me on YouTube. My YouTube channel is my full name, um, and you can expect from me more conversations, more important conversations. Um, about not just the black experience or the black woman experience, but beyond that. Um, I feel like I would like to just continue to encourage therapy through conversation and just having important conversations. Um, so you can expect that. You can expect maybe some art and creative projects on the side too. So just keep looking, keep looking out. Um, that's, that's one of my goals for 2021 to keep on pursuing that because um, it's definitely something I'm very passionate about. And also you can expect me on the track. Uh, we're praying that our spring season isn't canceled so that we can compete um, this outdoor season. So if that, hap if that doesn't happen, then you can expect me on the track and you can connect with me through social media. So yeah. Just, uh, uh, as you, she said, uh, see, I have a Southern twang, but see, after talking to you for about an hour, over the past 45 minutes, I'm about to, you know, uh, she was like, um, as you can see, these are things she's very passionate about. Uh, <laughs> uh, every time I talk, no, it's so funny, because every time I talk to um, Latoya or her mom, I do the exact same thing. Like, after a while, I'm like, stop. Why are you talking like like her? <laughs> you just catch on. You just catch on. They just pull you in. All of it. It's the oxtails. It's the curry chicken. It's all of it. <laughs> um, so and so much more and the black excellence too most importantly that's what she brings to this um, she is amazing so y'all thank you for tuning in today I've had um, Leone with me here on the Black Voice on the Hill I hope you all are in court, encouraged more now than ever to be unapologetic black um, and I'm glad that we were able to talk to um, you guys today as our first episode. Y'all could be looking for more things from us this year. It's going to be a, a, a trying semester. I'm going to be doing some things, but 
uh, we're going to make it happen. So here we go. To see one more new and upcoming episodes of Black Voice on the Hill for other Cornell and Ithaca news, you can follow Black Voices on the Hill on Instagram. You can follow WBBRFM News on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Visit us at our website, wbbr.com slash Black Voices. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Overcast. But tune in right here on WBBR 93.5 FM every Friday at 2 p.m. Ooh, just got a notification saying they've introduced articles of impeachment against the president. Isn't that a great way? in the show. Here we go. Hey. Next week. Shout out to my executive producers, Mike Seitz and Grace Rick. Peace out, y'all.